Welcome back to the Daughters of the Moon podcast. We're grateful that you can join us for another week. We sure are. And today we are lucky we have Rima Benario. She Rima's de- decades-long personal journey of discovering her feminine superpowers, embracing her self-sovereignty, and coming to deeply love and fully inhabit her body informs her work with her students. Her passion is helping women create and live a life they love by cutting through energetic clutter, dissolving emotional baggage, and forming widely fulfilling habits of attention. Rima holds a doctorate in transformation psychology and has studied with master teachers in shamanic shadow work, body-based energy work, sacred sexuality and tantra, and the sacred art of anointing. She is the creator of the Bloom Fine Egyptian Oils, and she loves initiating women into the use of these high vibration oils and the ancient practice of self-anointing. She lives in Las Vegas, Nevada with her family and enjoys the sunshine and desert mountains that surround her home. So welcome. We're very happy to have you on. Thank you so much, Kim and Barb, too. I'm delighted to be here with both of you. So can you tell us, that that sounds very exciting to me, and I love the oils and things like that, so I'm really excited to dig in and find out all of this. So can you tell us about your journey and how you got to be doing all these wonderful things? Well, it's kind of a meandering journey. I think the the first time that I, I kind of woke up into an idea that there has to be some other life than the prescribed life, I was being handed in my family of origin was um, when I was probably in my late 20s and I realized that I had married a guy that really landed me inside of my parents' marriage. And um, I was like not wanting that. I could feel that I was sort of dying slowly. And um, I had to step out of that relationship. And, you know, having grown up Catholic, that was just a really um, not an easy decision. And I think anytime we're, we're asking ourselves whether or not a relationship is right for us, that's not an easy decision. And then, you know, stepping out of that, um, I ended up in my 30s going through a whole re-education of RIMA kind of period where I had to come to understand how to do relationships differently. Um, and not be as codependent inside of those relationships. And uh, I went on to remarry and have a very busy, successful life doing work with two, three, then four different businesses, raising a daughter. And then I sort of went to the other end of the spectrum where I just went from being kind of the good girl to being the superwoman. And you know, it didn't eventually, you know, you hit a certain age and these kinds of unsustainable habits of living and working catch up and I uh, hit a wall, pretty significant wall. And then I had to learn a whole new way of being. And that was sort of how I found myself inside of um, women's embodiment circles and had discovered by then the work, like a relationship to the feminine divine, to the goddess, which had never been anything that I was aware of in my early years, had a very patriarchal idea of God, of course, having grown up Catholic. And so, so my, my work to this point really had been trying to operate inside of that old paradigm. And then I just kind of got blown out of the water with that and a whole new body of work came my way. And once I discovered, you know, 
idea of working with the sacred feminine, it radically changed my life. And then it began to change my work. And um, so for the last eight years, I've been teaching and practicing sacred embodiment practices and sacred feminine sovereignty and um, doing sacred travel journeys. And so that's just sort of become the, the fullness of my life now, working with women in that way. Well, that's beautiful. Working with women today is it's amazing because there's so many women that are reaching out now looking for another source of spirituality. And uh, so that's great that you're doing that. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. And it's nice to see when we embody that feminine and then we empower the women around us. And I think by you doing these circles and teaching people how to let go of all these things that are not useful in their life anymore really does empower people because I think we get so held down by all these things that we allow to clutter up our energy field. That's so true. Yeah, I think. I absolutely. I, I think we we were trained very often from a young age to perform to what others expected of us, and and um, you know how how to be uh, satisfying to other people rather than think about how to create a satisfying life for ourselves. And very often, the women who work with me are they've sort of crossed that maybe age forty mark somewhere around there. And, and so they're starting to see, wait a minute here. I can't, it can't just be all about me giving myself away over and over and over again. And by the time we get to 50, it's, then it's kind of like, all right, it's my time. It's my turn. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it, we don't even have to wait long. That's, that's how moms or even women who are birthing their life in the world through their careers that, that we don't have to wait until we're sort of finished with mothering energy in order to bring in the power of the queen. A lot of, a lot of us have been around women's spiritual studies for a while. So we're familiar with the trip triple goddess or the sort of the maiden mother crone idea that was founded on sort of the three phases of the moon, but in actuality, the, the moon has four phases and it, it, you know, waxing, waning, full and dark or new. And we've been missing a fourth archetype of queen who usually sits between mother and crone. And what I find is a lot of women, you know, we, we think, okay, we're going to jump into crone, but we can't actually embody the fullness of the crone wisdom if we haven't first really deeply held and power of the queen, which sits between mother and crone. And that idea of really tapping into our power, our sacred feminine sovereignty, and our way of being in service that includes ourselves. You know, mothering is actually a very masculine act. It's there's so much output. And the queen is so powerful because she is a master receiver. She can't do her job unless she's fully resourced. And this is part of how I help women turn the tables on the old messaging that we've had about how important it is to just give, give, give until we give out. Rather, it's about creating a, a practice of incredible um, luscious self-care beyond self-care really it's a kind of um, 
giving ourselves to ourselves so that we we fill up and overflow and then what we give to others comes from a state of luscious overflow rather than depletion and it's just better for everybody that way that makes and that makes sense because it always for me it always felt weird just to go from that the mother to the crone it's like feel it did feel like it's like there's something missing there there's like there's more room in there to another step before you get to that the wisdom and the be able to settle and not settle but you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) so so what are some of the ways that you deal with like with this queen stage then of life and and embodying people to bring out that in themselves Well, first I help women sort of go on a journey. I have written a book called The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. And in that book, I I share my story on the front end of it. And then I take them through a journey through seven different queendoms. And this came about from my own personal work when I was wanting to create more sovereignty in my life. And, you know, lives are complicated. There's a lot going on there. And it's so much easier if we break things down into bite-sized pieces. So I came up with these different domains of sovereignty. I was looking at mental sovereignty, physical sovereignty, emotional sovereignty, spiritual sovereignty, um, energetic sovereignty. And then I realized, oh, this is a little short here. I need to bring in... um, let me see which one I, I'm, I'm thinking with sexual sovereignty, which is very, very important. And then there was this whole area of sovereignty around our work in the world or our medicine in the world. And, um, and so I call that our Dharma sovereignty. And as I was working with this and doing my other studies, I saw, oh my gosh, these are like different queendoms that I have. And I can, I can pay attention to areas where I'm, you know, there's some that I'm doing really, really well in, and there's other others that I'm really not doing well in at all. And eventually I saw that they aligned with the learnings that I was receiving on the chakra system. And then I discovered there were oils that could be used to help uh, heal tears, rips, and other kinds of wounds that we get inside of our chakra system. Um, and there, there were entire sets of gifts versus challenges associated with each of the queens and, and a whole body of wisdom emerged from that. And then I I began to teach this to other women. And after I had had a few rounds of doing that and with my friends and like really close people who were close to me in my life, I got enough feedback that said, you have to do something bigger with this. This is a, this is really, really powerful. And so now I'm in my fifth year of teaching what I call Queen's Court, which is an annual program that women can sign up for. And we spend uh, 12 months together in deep sisterhood, moving through each of these seven queens and really digging into what's going on in these areas of sovereignty. What kind of blocks do we have? What do we need in order to move into greater liberation? And it's all body-based. And that was such a huge 
awareness for me. I had been doing shadow work for a long time. I had a lot of mental clarity. I was had already had my doctorate in transformational psychology, but I began to understand that all the thinking in the world, all the understanding in the world wasn't going to change me at depth as long as my animal body and my nervous system was still trapped in these old ways of relating. So I, I had to study and learn from other powerful women who were on the path of embodiment to learn how to use these tools and structures and practices to help my animal body settle so that my conscious intention was actually what was coming out of my mouth rather than something that, <laughs> that was like an old thing that would just jump out in a place or a moment of fear, frustration or shame or what have you. So that's the primary way that I do that work with women who are ready to, to make a, a really permanent and lasting change in their lives. Wow. So would you put, would you do that in places where women go to get refuge as well to help them to find their way? Absolutely. So right now I primarily do that online because it makes it possible for people to join in from all over the world. So I have students in Europe and all over the United States and Canada. And uh, I also love to do in-person work because there is something very, very special about when you're being actually held there in person and in a circle. And I do retreats everywhere from Hawaii to um, Honduras to beautiful places here in the United States. And then I take people on sacred travel journeys to Egypt as well, which is where these beautiful. magical oils come from. Um, so, you know, we can really come at our growth in a lot of different ways. And I think it really just depends on what our heart is calling us into. Um, yeah, I spent years doing what I called bibliotherapy, where I would read books and learn new things and have all these ahas. Um, however, I did get to notice eventually that the book would go on the bookshelf. And it was like I then just sort of popped back into my regular everyday living um, without an actual extended period of time working with a guide or a teacher or in a circle. I, I just highly recommend for all women, if you have not sat in a sister circle, find a sister circle to sit in. I don't care whose it is. It, it will supercharge your journey because it's going to, it's going to bring up stuff, you know, around what it's like to be with women. If you have old patterns of thought, or you've had negative experiences that women aren't safe, you'll, you know, all that will come up to be healed. Um, on conversely, if you've had the experience, know the women are the safe people in my life, then you'll have a really beautiful, um, exquisite environment to work on your issues that are in other areas of life. Yeah, I found when I was in a circle, um, it was, there was a lot of dancing and a lot of, and it was a, a woman's circle and it was, it was a very, it felt like just a very safe place. And just, I don't know, sometimes when you're doing these things, especially like we were doing a, like a womb exercise. And I mean, that's really personal and really vulnerable. And it was such an amazing experience because I think there's just parts of us as women that we shut off and don't. So I think like where you're talking about with your program is like, you're, you're venturing into these different things, right? And, and seeing where you're lacking and where that map is that you need to um, go down and find your way. That's true. Yeah. 
I found mine going in uh, in a circle, in a, what they called a turtle circle with the indigenous. And uh, it was beautiful because it, it sent me into another place I'd never been before. And it helped me on my journey as well, uh, particularly uh, touching in with my my uh, indigenous background. So it's been really, yeah, I've, women's circles are beautiful. Yeah, I think that's what you talked about there about how when we get in community, how it can um, really become super potent, super powerful. And, And when we start to do the womb work, this is some of the most important work we do. It is so helpful to have other women so that near and involved because then we all share our experiences. We're all so different. And when you hear, oh, someone else also didn't feel anything or someone else also felt a lot and or someone else was also in tears, like those kinds of things help us feel less um, weird, you know, about our own experiences. And we we have, as a Western culture in particular, we have gotten so deeply disconnected from the power of our wombs that yeah. that that our culture is no longer a life affirming culture it's really focused on death and avoiding death this is i think the cause of why we have so much war because we we aren't focused on what brings greater life and our role as women, we have greater access to this life force energy because we carry the womb of life within us, that it's really an opportunity for us to be in leadership. We don't have to go run for office, although we can, and that's wonderful. We don't have to run out and stop the war by throwing ourselves in front of the bullets. Really, all we need to do in the numbers that are needed is find our own power generation station, life force energy generation station, our second chakra, our womb, and really like turn on and become juicy and alive as women. And as we do that, it changes the field that we're all living in. That's true. And we need that. Us women need that. We need to rejoice in the fact that we're feminine and that we're growing and we're and, and we're evolving beautifully. Um, and the more the time goes on here, you just see the blossoming even in the younger now, right? So it's something that we're spreading out all over the place. It's beautiful. So that's awesome. That's yeah. a bit about your oil that you make. Actually, I import these oils from my teacher, Gamal Abdel in Egypt, and I met him on my first trip to Egypt back in 2017. And he looked at me and I was trying to decide between whether I was going to get the small set or the larger set. And he just looked at me with that kind of look that, you know, people who can read and see do. And he said, you're going to be sharing these with a lot of people. So you should get the largest amount you can you can afford. And I thought, well, okay, whatever. So I bought a really, it was quite a small amount compared to, you know, how much I've purchased over the years from him. But <laughs> I brought home this really was like the medium set. And as I was telling you, I had started working with this. I had a circle that I'd pulled together with some friends. 
And by the, I, so I was there in November, I launched the circle in December, and then we started getting together in January. And by the time it rolled around in January, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to share these oils with them. And I had completely forgotten about what he said at that point. And I started, you know, I gave everybody a little bit of oil. And then at the end of our time together, they all told me how powerful these oils were in helping them shift some of these old patterns. It's like um, homeopathy in a way. It goes and works on the energy body at the energetic level. And these are the oils that they found in the tombs of the priests and the kings that they wow. used in Egypt for their own work. They found alabaster stone tablets that were carved over 3,000, 5,000 years old with the little divots for each of the oils so that they would use them with all of their chakras. And it's just been so profound, just a, a really incredible technology. I feel like, you know, not to sound too woo-woo, but I feel like so many of us here are waking up and remembering the ways that we used to operate when we came, we were here before and past life experiences, and we are remembering what it means to be a sacred sovereign being with all these technologies and temple arts and, you know, just the return of the sacred feminine. It's so palpable right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sweet for Kim to come on there. <laughs> Oh, she came here muted, love. Sorry, I muted myself because I was having a coughing attack. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay, <laughs> yeah. So um, with the anointing then, so when you're teaching people that, is it like to do with the chakra system? So it'd be in and around the chakras or is it to do with the journey through the sovereignty and dealing with that as well to embody that? It's both. It's both. So we work with the oils directly on the chakras, but we can also find you end up developing a relationship with them. So they're like old friends. And I was just having the last call for our 2023 cycle with a, a, one of my students today. And she was saying she was we were working on in her private session. We were we were working on a particular uh, pattern that comes up for her around the holidays. And she's been defining herself more for who she is. And so she doesn't, she was really like in this place of, you know, I don't really want to go be and do the big family thing. And how can I step into that truth? What's true for me, be in my sovereignty and not feel guilty or, you know, experience how my family shames me over my choices, you know, all of that. So we were working on it, which is, it's an empowered queen question, which is, the empowered queen sits in the solar plexus. And so as we did this powerful piece of work to help her move the subconscious thinking that has her stuck in, I have to do what they, what is expected of me, right? It's that sort of, I've got to be a good girl here. You know, this is what's expected of me and let that go. And so I said, you know, it would really be a great idea for you to work with your jasmine oil for the rest of this week because this is a third chakra issue. This is where the empowered queen lives. And she said, it's so funny because this morning when I got up and I went to my oils, as is her practice every morning to go to her oils, she said right away, it was like the jasmine oil was talking to me and said, today's my day. 
So she just took the oil out and sometimes we'll put them on the wrists because then you can smell it all day and it's wonderful. Sometimes people like to put them on the bottoms of their feet. Sometimes they'll, we'll get an oil that's like, it doesn't smell very good to us because we're out of harmony. We're out of balance in that arena. And so that's when I say, put them on the bottoms of your feet and put your socks on, you know, <laughs> and eventually your, your body starts to heal. Your energy body starts to heal. And it's just amazing how this, the, the oils can change how they smell to you because you are shifting your vibrational frequency comes into greater harmony. Um. And that makes sense because I know over the years has been like, I let, I love oils <laughs> and I know over the years that there's been some that I were, it's not really that fond of and everybody be like, Oh, this is a great smell. I'm like, mm, I don't get it. And I've shifted now to some of those. There are still some that I don't resonate with. And I just think either they're not meant for me or I don't know, maybe it depends, right? Because there's so many out there that. Yes. And it might also be that you actually have enough of that energy naturally in your system. Oh, okay. And so any more of that might be a bit of an overload. So it really just depends on, on that, you know, everybody is so personal. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so anybody can tap into this then, like anybody can tap into these superpowers and and living this life like th through the guiding like in your book do you guide people through that they could kind of do it on their own if they wanted to yeah absolutely there's the book is, is is almost part workbook in that way it has really great questions for people to answer it has lots of exercises that you can do to really bring out the your own experience of each of these queens and your seven queendoms. There's a lot of powerful information there. There are energy practices as well as recommendations on oils. You don't have to purchase them for me. You can purchase them on your web on my website if you like. Um, but that's not a requirement, certainly. And and I, you know, a lot of people really enjoy the book and come back to it over and over again when they have a moment where they think, okay, I'm getting ready to go on a job interview, say, for example. So let me go read the Empowered Queen chapter again and really get myself sitting in the feeling of my Empowered Queen or an issue is coming up around using my voice. I need to set some boundaries. Actually, setting boundaries is in the Empowered Queen as well. But maybe I want to express myself. I want to, to really give myself permission to be more of who I truly am. And so they'll go look at the Expressive Queen, which is she sits here in the throat. So I could name all the queens for you because this is quite fun so yeah we have a, a divine queen and the divine queen sh her area is she oversees spiritual sovereignty and so she really helps us focus on being very uh, in conscious choice about how we connect with the divine so that we we can see if our upbringing and if we grew up religious or maybe we didn't grow up without any spirituality at all or we where we were spiritual but not religious and however it was we get to actually take some time to think about what did i take on what beliefs or ideas did i take on as a child that are no longer serving me that i want to let go of and which ones do i want to amplify so the divine queen helps us with that and if, if that's all working very well, then we can move into the visionary queen and she oversees our mental processes and helps us 
decide if we are clear in our thinking and if we have um, um, too much, like the challenge she helps us oversee is illusion. So sometimes we get a little bit tied up in how things look and it's not really how it is. It just sort of looks a certain way from the outside. And so she helps us clear all that up. Then we move into the expressive queen and she's all about our medicine work in the world, our dharma. Like what are our gifts to give her, her, um, she, she represents the archetypal energy of the artist. So it's really about making your life as art so that your, your way of being in the world is your own master creation. You don't have to be an artist necessarily, but your life is your artwork. Um, and then we move into the loving queen. She's in the heart and she helps us with our emotional sovereignty and the right to love and be loved and to really take a look at um, how we are like really her focus is self-love and self-acceptance because so often. Often we worry too much about loving others and other people loving us. And we forget that we have to start from within and build a beautiful um, sort of fill our own well, if you will, as I was saying earlier, so that the love that flows out of us can flow out unattached rather than, okay, I'll give you something, but I'm waiting for you to give it back now. You know, we throw yeah, our well water. Yeah water out and we're like what how come you aren't throwing your water back at me <laughs> um and then we keep keep going into the system there's three more queens there's the empowered queen she oversees energetic sovereignty she teaches us how to be in our sovereign energy we've talked a little bit about her then there's the passionate queen who's all about sexual sovereignty and as well as she helps us um, really see that we have a right to our needs, wants, and desires, and that our desire is actually the source point for everything we want to generate and create in the world. And far too many of us as women over the years have trained ourselves or talked ourselves out of our desires, like somehow that they're a bad thing or a selfish thing. When in reality, it's that desire that is the creative life force energy that makes the world a beautiful place that blooms within us and without us. And then the very last queen is the grounded queen. And she's one of my favorites. She's so important. She helps us recognize that we have the right to exist so that we stop trying to prove that we are allowed to be here and that we have a right. I used to think about it like I used, I felt like I had to earn my air because otherwise I was taking it from some other more worthy person, you know, and I had to constantly prove my value and my worth. and you know, when you really get a deep, deep relationship with the grounded queen, that, that whole business is done. And it's so liberating. That's wonderful. It would be liberating. Release is always liberating. Okay. <laughs> it is. Really. Do you find with like the groups that you've been in and with your teaching and everything, do you find that there's a commonality of one of those areas that people are most stuck in? Well, the, the, the three, the last three that I mentioned, the grounded queen, the passionate queen and the empowered queen, which they, as I said, these loosely relate to the chakras and um, th they relate to the bottom three chakras. The, those tend to be the places where people have the most damage, where they've been told that 
who they they're not allowed to be a separate being you know sometimes parents who are who are um just you know even when we try our very best as a parent we can't get it right all the time and <laughs> and That's sometimes true. Right, exactly. And and then sometimes we have, you know, a lot of people that think of their children as extensions of themselves. So they don't really feel comfortable with their children growing up into their own empowered person because yeah. they, you know, they're not easy to manipulate and control. And so, so some of us are still at 40, 50, 60 years of age, we're still trying to get back our sense of, of agency as an individual person that we are allowed to make the choices for ourselves, that we're allowed to not be an extension of someone else. And sometimes then we get into relationships where now we're an extension of our, our partner, or we do the same thing to our children. Now we're fused with our children and we don't know how to like be, and then they go off to college and suddenly we're like, oh my God, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> You know, this is this is part of the work that happens with the empowered queen. And then this really messes up our sex life because <laughs> we we don't know how to feel worthy of pleasure. We don't know often that pleasure is a good thing. If we grew up in an environment where we heard a lot of negative things about the body, like somehow it's not clean or it's it's, you know, like wanting pleasure or sexual pleasure having being in a sex positive environment is somehow a path to hell which is <laughs> ridiculous yeah. and and so there's a lot of recovery around that as well interesting so when people sorry were you going to say something because I, I just you know me no i'm good no i'm good <laughs> um so when people do this and they get into finding these different areas and doing a little bit of shadow work, I think in some of those and they, they find their sovereignty and they, you know, embrace that. Do they, do you see people have like almost physical changes as, as far as like the way they look, the way they light up, the way they show up in the world. And like, are they almost like, I don't want to say a different person, but that's about the best way. Yeah, that that's such a um, keen observation. I mean, that happens very often that people, they the way they hold their face changes because they start to relax and you, your face just starts to look very different sometimes. Sometimes people's body shape change because they've been perhaps holding on a particular body shape as a type of protection mechanism. And as that falls away, or maybe they had some kind of block around movement because of something from their childhood. And we shift that through the shadow work and they, and then they learn to really embrace and something they used to love or something new. Uh, we have one woman in our group who hula hoops. And I mean, it's just amazing to watch her journey, what's been happening with her. And then this uh, a sense too of um, if if we haven't felt free to adorn ourselves and to, to you know dress in a way that really like the queen you know she, part of what she does is she shows her sovereign authority by how she uh, um, you know prepares for the day so there's rituals that we can start to take on around bathing and dressing and adorning ourselves that allow us to step into life not from this place of i need to be pleasing to others or i need to look a particular way that 
Hollywood says feminine beauty looks. It's none of that. It's actually deeply authentic and, and powerfully moving from the inside out. And when we come out from the shadows where we've been shrinking and holding ourselves back and playing small, or we stop exhausting ourselves by building somebody else's dream and we start focusing on our own dreams, it is absolutely transformational what happens for women. And they do because at the end of the year, it's like we, I have them, well, I have everybody write letters to themselves at the beginning of the year. And this group is just now, they've I'm sure forgotten about it. And such a, such a fun surprise in December when this letter shows up and you have right there in your hands, the proof of the woman that you were 12 months ago and who you are today. It's so fulfilling. That is that, yeah. No kidding. That's beautiful. Good for you. Yeah, that is, that's really amazing. And I think, you know, um, it's interesting because a couple of things that you said is, and I'm listening to this audible book right now, and it's talking about paradigm shifting. And so it's talking about, repeating and and repeating and reading things over and over again so when you said that that was interesting because it kind of just jumped out at me because I was like yeah you need to keep practicing these things and and you know making them a ritual and making you know even to how you stir your coffee how you show up in the world to get through these things and and change and and navigate your life in a better way I think not. Bad. Yeah, yeah. That's really, that's really about the invitation into presence, you know, into being in the present moment and ritual and ceremony are two of the most profound and powerful ways that we can do that where we can step away from the busyness of life and really tend to the the deeper spiritual needs that we have and you know i just think the current system we live under that we're we're at the diminishing returns for the system we've been in and it keeps us busy and focused on productivity really as a way to make sure we don't get too authentic because once we start being really tuned into ourselves we're so much harder to control like we don't care about the things we're told to care about when we get connected to our true essence to our soul self we start being guided by that inner voice then the advertising doesn't doesn't trigger us to rush right out and get a bunch of things so we can feel better. We don't need that to feel better. We don't need whatever the world wants to sell us in order to feel good about ourselves. And we'll start, we start speaking our truth to power. We start standing up to old paradigms that don't fit anymore. We become you know, difficult to control women, which is really what we need to be is authentic women standing in our truth and aware and deeply connected to the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's something to plot, I think, is when you're empowered, because I, I think that people, you know, so, and sometimes maybe the men in our lives, um, they feel like they don't want you empowered when really being empowered, I think just makes you show up and, you know, be more sexual and be more, 
giving and be more loving and be more fun. And, you know, I think that's really important for people to really find what their true essence is and what's right for me doesn't necessarily mean it's right for someone else. It's our own individual stories and we just have to find out how to embody that the perfect way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in fact, the more nourished we are, the less we try to control the people around us Um, When we don't feel nourished, when we don't feel connected, when we don't have a nice big network of uh, sister friends and we aren't excited about life, then we start to nitpick the people we live with and we start to demand that they help us feel better and and you know, that's the the happiness we seek is truly an inside job. And yeah, sometimes we do need to assess is this relationship actually good for me? And, um, and, and sometimes we do need to start standing up to ask for what we want, um, and not tolerating things that that aren't workable for us. And Mm -hmm. it takes so much courage to risk rocking the boat when that happens. And uh, I just, I just feel that, that if we don't, if we, if we aren't willing to change it, then we are um, actually part of co-creating it. Like we're, 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 we're saying yes to it. If we're not Mm -hmm. willing to step into making the changes that are necessary and asking for what we want. And, you know, if, if you grew up in an environment where when you made yourself vulnerable and you asked for something it wasn't well received that can haunt you for your whole life and make it incredibly difficult to know that it's okay to ask for things to that that you deserve to be uh to have your needs met sometimes that's like just just that alone is mind-blowing for women you mean like like intellectually might we might sort of get it but then we just live in this environment that it doesn't meet our needs and we just complain and all the time because we can feel that it's not right but we really don't know how to resolve that and mm-hmm. and there is a there's a way out and sacred feminine sovereignty is a true path that helps us get out of that wonderful so well, how do people find you <laughs> Oh, I was good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, the, the easiest way to find me is to visit my website. It's rimabonario.com, R-I-M-A-B-O-N-A-R-I-O, a good solid Italian name. <laughs> and uh, I, as far as I know, I'm the only Rima Bonario out there. So I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook. It's really the only one of the social media platforms that I'm very active on. I have a presence on Instagram, but I haven't posted there forever. You can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> into. Um, I have uh, some videos available on YouTube. If you go to my website on the page that's um, free gifts, there's a gifts page. There's a number of things that you can get for free. Um, you can sign up to receive several of my master classes. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for people to get to know me a little bit better by doing some of these um little master classes and other interviews that have been very informative for people. And then you can read about 
Queens Court or any of the other programs right now. Queens Court is the it, we're in enrollment in December through January. We start at the end of January. It's the only time you can sign up to be part of the circle because it is an annual circle. So if your listeners are interested, they are in luck that now is the time when the doors are open and we have a really powerful group of women who are enrolling. Um, some who are new to this work and others who are actually um, pretty familiar with this work. And it's it's a it's a, a really beautiful way to get involved. Nice. Beautiful. So if you had one final word, advice, thoughts, something that you want to share with the followers, what, what would that be? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just see what, what's wanting to be spoken here. I think the main thing that I would offer is for anyone who hasn't given themselves permission to, to really feel comfortable in their own skin, to really move into a place of deep knowing that they are held and cared for, and that life isn't meant to be drudgery. Life is meant to be a delight. Life is meant to be something that uplifts us. And that's not to say that we won't have challenging times. But it gets to be easy in the sense that we can live from and move from ease. And what I find that most of us do, and this has certainly been something that's been part of my journey, is that I spent so long trying to get ease by creating things in my life externally, like thinking it, if I if I if I made more money, I would feel ease. If I if I got the right person in my life, I would feel ease. If I got rid of certain people in my life, I would feel ease. And all of that was elusive. It really didn't matter because every time I would get one of those things accomplished, there was always something else. Until I learned that ease is a state of being that I can achieve right now inside my own body by being in a deep relationship with my body. And once I embody ease, then I get to live from ease every day, regardless of how others are showing up or what challenge comes my way. And what I've discovered is that when I'm operating from that energy, incredible miracles are part of my everyday experience. Uh, things flood into my life, unexpected boons, incredible shifts, things bounce out that need to go that don't belong anymore. Sometimes they have my fingernail marks on them because I'm like, no, but then always I'm in the end, I'm like, yes, yes, it was time for that to go. Um, that's what I would say. I would say to your listeners, um, you, you know, if there's something in your life that's that's misaligned, that is not working for you, give yourself permission to seek and know that it can get easier, that it that that ease is your birthright. And that that happens from the inside out. Perfect. I love that. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And it's been an honor to have you on with us. And uh, I love it. There was a lot of really great information that I think people will be able to um, 
get into. So we'd love to have you back sometime, but thank you for sharing the space with us and, and being a guest. Uh, it's been That's my pleasure. Good. And, and I uh, look forward to hearing from anyone who found any of this interesting. If you've got questions for me, you can shoot me an email off the contact form on my website, and I'd be happy to get back with you. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so and, much. <laughs> and everybody else, please join us next week. Yes, please.